When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio, old radio. Comedy Podcast. Welcome to episode 50 of season 3 of the Old Radio Comedy Podcast. Eve Arden got her start in 1929 in the musical Song of Love under her birth name, Eunice Mary Quedens, and the film was one of the young Columbia Pictures' earliest successes. In the 1930s, she moved to New York and starred in Broadway plays, including The Ziegfeld Follies, where she began using the stage name Eve Arden. For the next several years, she became prominent in Hollywood movies, starring opposite Clark Gable, Marlene Dietrich, Edward G. Robinson, and many other leading actors. She was also prominent in radio, appearing on several shows in the 1940s, until getting the lead role in Our Miss Brooks, which she voiced for the show's entire run from 1948 to 1957. She won a radio listener's poll as the top-ranked comedian in 1948, and the next year won another radio award in Motion Picture Daily Magazine as Best Radio Comedian. While doing the radio show, she also starred as Miss Brooks in the TV show, which ran concurrently from 1952 to 1956. To this day, Armis Brooks' radio show remains extremely popular with old-time radio fans. Meet Me at Parkies was Harry Einstein's main claim to fame after his success on the Eddie Cantor show in the 1930s as Nicky Parkia Carcass. Using the same character name, he played a Greek restaurant owner, and the show was a combination variety-slash-sitcom format. Einstein wrote most of the scripts himself, and regulars on the show included Sheldon Leonard, Elliot Lewis, and Betty Rhodes, who did most of the singing. The show ran for three seasons from 1945 to 1947. Einstein's star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame bears his character's name, Nicky Parkiacarcus, instead of his real name. Now, sit back and enjoy the January 16, 1949 broadcast of Our Miss Brooks and the August 26, 1945 broadcast of Meet Me at Parkies. Here is Our Miss Brooks. Starring Eve Arden. Last Friday was Student Government Day, a day upon which the entire administration of the city is handed over to high school pupils who have been elected by their classmates. Well, ordinarily, our Miss Brooks, who teaches English at Madison High School, would have very little to do with this event. But unfortunately, Miss Johnson, the civics teacher, took ill on Thursday, and our principal, Mr. Conklin, suggested that I take over her class. Of course, I didn't have to accept the assignment. I just figured that teaching is better than being totally unemployed. <laughs> In some states, it's better. <laughs> At any rate, I conducted Miss Johnson's civics class on Thursday, and on the subject, what would I do if I held public office, the class and I had quite a spirited discussion. And in view of later developments, I'm sorry I didn't listen. But Friday morning finally rolled around, and the entire student body and faculty gathered in the assembly hall to hear Mr. Conklin officially proclaim it Student Government Day. 
Mr. Boynton, my bashful biologist, was sitting in the front row. And accidentally, with the aid of two bloodhounds, I found myself sitting right next to him. <laughs> oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Why, Mr. Boynton, this is a surprise. To you, anyway. <laughs> I didn't see you sit down. I believe I left my notebook on that seat. It, it's just some lecture notes on the North American porcupine. Oh, sorry, Mr. Boynton. I didn't even notice it. He must have pulled in his quills. <laughs> Here you are. Oh, thanks. I, I'll just hold it in my lap. Why don't we let the notebook have the seat and you could hold... No, not in school, like that. <laughs> you know, Miss Brooks, something just occurred to me. We're always sitting next to each other in assembly... Fate seems to be throwing us together. Compared to my throwing, fate is a sandlot pitcher. <laughs> but perhaps you're right, Mr. Boynton. Maybe we should give fate a helping hand. I'm free for lunch today. How about you? Or would you rather ask me? Or am I being too subtle? <laughs> oh, darn that bell. I'll have to get him in the next round. <laughs> Students, faculty members, and honored guests. First of all, as your principal, I would like to announce that because this is Student Government Day, school will be suspended. Please, please, please. <laughs> I sympathize with your disappointment. <laughs> As you know, Student Government Day has been tried successfully in many other communities. And I have always been ready to experiment in any progressive plan to foster good citizenship. That is why you see before you on this platform our honored guest, Mayor Rimson. Now, Mayor Rimson, would you care to say a few words? Of course not. He only brought those nine pages along to put his gum in. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Conklin, for your generous introduction. <laughs> <clears throat> As I look out upon this ocean of young, eager, intelligent faces, a tide of emotion swells up in me. I'm getting a little seasick myself. <laughs> and as I think of the glorious future which this community can look forward to at the hands of these youths, I am deeply touched. I have always been well informed on the affairs of young people. He ought to be. He's kissed so many babies you can't see his tie for the pablum. <laughs> And so it is with considerable pride that I now inaugurate for the first time in this community Student Government Day. Therefore, without further ado, it is my pleasure to introduce to you your duly elected mayor, Miss Harriet Conklin. You may applaud now. Thank you. My constituents, friends, and Mayor Rimson. I intend to show this community something new and different by making my term of office a clean and honest administration. Well, no. We will not tolerate graft and corruption. We don't. Thank you, Harriet Conklin. As Miss Brooks said in our civic class yesterday, the racketeers must go. No matter what politician is protecting them. Oh, that Miss Brooks certainly is a card. <laughs> that will be all, Harriet. Did you really say that in civics class? I don't know. I wasn't listening. <laughs> Mayor Rimson, allow me to apologize for my daughter's enthusiasm. Oh. Uh, she was obviously referring to the aims of city governments in general, without realizing that those aims have already been attained in our community. <laughs> 
course. <laughs> and now, it is my extreme pleasure to introduce the student who has been elected your chief of police, Walter Denton. Thank you. Thank you, friends. As your incumbent police chief, I cannot re-emphasize too forcefully the remarks Miss Brooks made in civics class yesterday. <laughs> to wit, every crook and grafter who has been malting the city treasury of funds has gotten... <laughs> Thank you, Chief of Police Walter Denton. I haven't finished my speech. Oh, yes, you have, Denton. <laughs> as Miss Brooks said just yesterday. This is not a symposium on the memoirs of Miss Brooks. Or maybe it is. Miss Brooks, you here? No, I couldn't make it today. What's that? Oh, oh, there you are. Before we go any further, isn't there something you'd like to say? Yes, sir. Is there a doctor in the house? <laughs> Yes, Miss Brooks, I did. In spite of my abject apologies, Mayor Rimson left here in a very ugly mood. Now, Miss Brooks, just what happened in civics class yesterday? Well, we had an open discussion, and somebody opened it wider than I realized. <laughs> but we only discussed corrupt city administrations in general, Mr. Conklin. We made no specific mention of Mayor Rimson's corrupt administration. <laughs> uh, never, never mind what you mean. Thanks to you, we've got a band of young malcontents on our hands. Why, not five minutes ago, a student delegation was in here demanding a three-day school week. And that's not all. They also informed me that they would like a four-hour day, starting from the moment they leave home till the moment they arrive back there. <laughs> portal to portal. Next thing you know, they'll be wanting time and a half for leaving the room. <laughs> Telling how far this thing can go. They've got the whip hand. They're in public office today. Student government day indeed. Whoever thought up that crack-brained idea ought to have his head examined. Bend over, Mr. Conklin. What? It was your idea. Oh, well, don't change the subject. There's no telling... <laughs> As I was saying, there's no telling what that student reform party is capable of doing. Miss Brooks, it's up to you to see that they stay out of mischief. But, Mr. Conklin, you said this was a holiday, and I've got a very important lunch date to make. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Miss Brooks. You've got to chaperone those students. But, Mr. Conklin... Dismiss, but Miss Brooks. I said fall out. On the double. Aye, aye, sir. <laughs> Fine way to spend a holiday, chaperoning a bunch of... What am I running about? I'm halfway down the hall. <laughs> well, that's funny. I stopped right outside Mr. Boynton's biology lab. <laughs> well, I might as well go in now that I'm here. <laughs> oh, hello, Miss Brooks. Well, say, I hope Mr. Conklin wasn't too severe with you. Not at all, Mr. Boynton. How are you at setting bones? <laughs> and speaking of lunch, which you weren't... The date we almost had, but didn't quite, because you didn't get around to asking me, and which I was going to talk you into, but which I would have had to cancel, because Mr. Conklin wants me to chaperone the students who are acting as government officials today. Oh, just a minute, Miss Brooks. I can't quite follow you. Me either, Mr. Boynton. <laughs> I suppose I'm trying to apologize for standing you up. When? Today. You were supposed to have lunch with me today? How nice of you to ask me. <laughs> 
those front steps in 15 minutes? Oh, but... I just uh, want to powder my nose and fix up a bit. But you said something about chaperoning the... Oh, that can wait till after lunch. See you in a little while, Mr. Boynton. I wonder if I'm playing too hard to get. <laughs> now, if I can just avoid Her Honor the Mayor and Walter Denton. Well, Walter, there's Miss Brooks. Uh-oh. Hiya, Miss Brooks. We've been looking for you. I've been lurking from you, too. Miss <laughs> Brooks, as mayor of this community, I feel that I have you to thank for many of my high ideals. Me, too, Miss Brooks. When you stood up in civics class yesterday with a, a kind of glowing, luminous light emanating from your skull and your chalk poised in front of the blackboard, you know who you reminded me of? Joan of Arc at the Battle of the Erasers. <laughs> Look, kids, I promised Mr. Conklin and I'd chaperone you today, Wonderful, but I have... Miss Brooks. We're really going to clean up this town. You have no idea what's going on in this town, Miss Brooks. If you'll just stick with us, we'll show you graft and corruption, infamy and greed. I'd rather have Mr. Boynton show me spaghetti and meatball. <laughs> now, if you'll just keep quiet about it, I'll meet Mr. Boynton for lunch. Lunch? But what about the ideas of decent, honest government that you had yesterday? Yeah, and don't you want to be in at the kill? Who are we killing? I'm afraid we'll have to take an executive action, Walter. Right. Miss Brooks, I assume you still believe in obedience to duly elected authority? Of course I do, Walter. Then, as chief of police, I hereby appoint you deputy sheriff. For the rest of the day, Miss Brooks, you'll take orders from me. But, Walter... Silence. Oui, mon capitaine. Here, with this badge, I hereby make you a deputy sheriff. Look, Walter, to you I'm a deputy sheriff, and to Harriet I'm a deputy sheriff. But to a deputy sheriff, am I a deputy sheriff? Hmm? You'd better pull over, Walter. Why, Miss Brooks? Oh, oh, the siren. No, that's on our car. I put it on this morning. I don't want to see insubordinate, Chief, but just where are we going? To the Jackpot Amusement Company's warehouse. We've been watching the place for weeks, Miss Brooks, in preparation for today. And we've seen truckloads of slot machines delivered there. Slot machines? Sure. The kind they put in the back of candy stores where little school kids can spend their lunch money in a futile effort to get rich quick. You know, where you pull a lever and try to hit as many bumpers as possible. Oh, the game I play in my car. <laughs> It's the one-armed bandits that keep the kids broke. Well, they're all fixed. Fixed? Sure. If a machine pays back more than five cents on a dollar, they break its arm. Here we are. The Jackpot Amusement Company. What are we going to do here? We're going to raid the place. We three? Now there's another bunch of kids coming any minute. You see, the fire commissioner had to go home and change his pants. He tore them sliding down the pole at the firehouse. <laughs> well, are you all ready, men? Speaking for some of us, men, no. Now, when I blow my police whistle, we'll charge. Sorry, I don't have an account here. <laughs> Let's go. I'm with you, Walter. Oh, now, Walter, Harriet, listen. Let's go to a movie. Open up in the name of the law. Are you going to open up or do we have to break it in? Walter, please. Stand him back on Miss Brooks, Harriet. Oh, fine. Now they're going to use me for a battering ram. <laughs> What's going on out here? Trick or treat. <laughs> What's that? Are you one of the employees of the Jackpot Amusement Company? What if I am? You're under arrest. What? 
Miss Brooks, you're a deputy sheriff. Arrest this man. <laughs> Pull over to the curb, bud. Look, lady, I'm a busy man. Why don't you just take your kids over to the playground and shove them down a sharp slide? <laughs> now beat it. Oh, resist the arrest, eh? This may go hard with you, my good man. What's going on here? Who blew the police whistle? I did. Officer, arrest this man. What did he do? He tried to get fresh with you, lady. No, and that's the story of my life. <laughs> and what do you want him arrested for? Yours not to reason why. As your chief of police, I gave an order. Your duty is to obey. How does that go again, Sonny? You heard him, officer. As mayor, I decree that you arrest this individual. Well, let me get this straight. You're the mayor, and he's the chief of police. Ah. Who are you, lady? I'm Joan of Arc, and stop breathing on my armor. <laughs> I do not wish to be rude, but I have to go in now. You see, I am Little Miss Muffet, and I have to go sit on my tuffet for a while. <laughs> chance, officer. Arrest that man in there or tomorrow you'll be pounding a beat in a swamp. Oh, pounding a beat in a swamp, is it? Do you realize this is insubordination? Oh, insubordination, is it? You've just got to arrest that man. Oh, arrest that man, is it? This is getting monotonous, was it? <laughs> Look, folks, why don't you all run along and we'll forget about the whole thing? Oh, that settles it. Miss Brooks, arrest this policeman. Arrest this policeman, is it? Now, don't start that again. Will you go quietly, or do I have to use the bracelet? Take it easy, lady. We'll settle this in a minute. That doesn't frighten anybody. I got one of those, too. Good for you, Sonny. Some people don't seem to be familiar with the Constitution of the United States, which says... We, the people of the United States, or for that matter, the in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice. Little Jack Horner sat in the corner eating his Christmas pie. He stuck in his thumb and pulled out a plum, and along came the Black Mariah. Guard, oh guard! Miss Brooks. He won't even listen to us. Let me call him. After all, I'm still mayor. Fine mayor. She's been in office six hours and the whole administration's up the river. <laughs> Much your fault is mine. You and your police whistle. Now, don't start bickering, children. Maybe if we behave ourselves, they'll make us trustees. Hello out there. Oh, guard. Jailer. Turnkey. Shut up. My, what ill-bred screws. <laughs> Yes, Mrs. Denton, I'll call you the minute I hear from Walter. Goodbye. Imagine that, Martha. Mrs. Denton wanted me to call the police department. How would they know where her son Walter is? I can't understand it, Martha. You can't understand what, Osgood. That's the fifth parent who's called me up to ask why her child hasn't come home for dinner yet. You'd think they'd keep track of their children and not suddenly discover at 7 o'clock that they haven't come home for dinner yet. By the way, where's Harriet? She hasn't come home for dinner yet. What? Well, don't just stand there. Do something. Call Miss Brooks. I put the children in her charge. Call the police. The Bureau of Missing Persons. Get the district attorney. Contact the mayor. Find out if there's somebody else. Why don't they... Well, maybe you could get a hold of them. But I don't know what you're... What are you just standing there for? I'm here in your... I'm concerned. Why are you not concerned? Why don't you do something? Get going. Oh, good. 
was caught in a Turkish bath. <laughs> I did call Miss Brooks. Mrs. Davis says she wasn't home yet. Poor woman. She's had dinner on since six. She's terribly worried about her stewed tomatoes. Please stop sniveling about Mrs. Davis's tomatoes. We've got our own tomato to worry about. Please, dear, calm down a little. Here, have some fruit. It's very good for the nerves. I don't want any fruit. Oh, that's probably Harriet now. I'll answer it. I must lose my temper. I must be calm. <laughs> Hello. Osgood. You're talking in a banana. <laughs> No wonder with the house all cluttered up with fruit bowls. Hello? That you, Harriet? No, Osgood. This is Margaret Davis. Oh. I've just had a call from Miss Brooks. You have? Yes, Osgood. Harriet, Walter, Denton, and several of the other students are with her. Oh, well, thank heaven. Tell me, Margaret, where are the children and Miss Brooks? They're in jail, Osgood. Fine, fine. You see, Martha, I told you there was nothing to worry about. Miss Brooks. And the children are all in jail. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Martha, take this phone out of my hands and put back the banana. <laughs> Here are the prisoners, young fella. You may talk with them, but don't try to pass anything through the bar. Oh, thank you. What, Mr. Boynton? Hi, Mr. Boynton. We've been framed. About that luncheon date. I don't think I can make it. <laughs> what is all this, Miss Brooks? Haven't you heard? We're celebrating Student Convict Day. <laughs> we were only doing our duty as public servants. But Mayor Rimson must have forgotten to notify any of the other authorities. Yeah, we raided some racketeers, and the next thing we knew, we were in the pie wagon. Well, they, they have no right to hold you here. Oh, officer. Officer. What is it now? Why, there, there's been a mistake. Please open this cell and let these people out of here. Oh, let these people out of here, is it? Well, yes, it just happens that I've had quite a bit of legal training in addition to my biological background, and I can tell you that you have no legal basis upon which to hold them any longer. Good for you, Mr. Boynton. I'm telling him, Mr. B. And furthermore, I'm sure you don't want to get into any trouble. Oh, I don't, don't I? Tell him you'll have him pounding a beat in the swamp. Uh, <laughs> if you persist in this belligerent attitude, you're liable to be pounding a beat in a swamp. That's done it. I knew you'd see it my way. At last, Mr. Boynton, just you and I and the children. <laughs> Sir, I don't belong in this cell. Now behave sir. yourself, behave yourself, or I'll put you in solitary. Oh, there you are, Connie. What's Mrs. Davis? I would have been here sooner, but I just had to stop at the mass meeting. What mass meeting, Mrs. Davis? Oh, Mr. Boynton is with you. How nice. Yep. Please, Mrs. Davis, we've got to get out of here now. If you'll only... Speak... Everybody in town was there, Connie. And I told them what you said to me on the phone about student government day being run all wrong. Good for you, Mrs. Davis. Now maybe we'll get some action. Where's the brook, cell? <laughs> the line forms on your left. I also told those parents how you said that if you had been running student government day instead of Mr. Conklin, there wouldn't have been so much dunderheaded bumbling. Uh, bumbling? Oh, hello, Osgood. We were just talking about you. Anybody want to buy a used teacher's license? <laughs> well, I guess I'll be running along. Now that Mr. Conklin's here, I'm sure there's nothing further to worry about. Miss Brooks, how could you put... Why did you have to... 
When were you... Oh, please, Mr. Conklin, remember your blood pressure. It wasn't Miss Brooks' fault, Daddy. Don't blame her. And you, Harry, in prison. How could you do this to me? My own flesh and blood. You've got his blood, Harry. You better watch your pressure, too. (laughs) Quiet, gentlemen. Miss Brooks, my painful duty to inform you that you are under suspension for conduct unbecoming a teacher. Have you anything to say in your own defense? Yes, Your Honor. I'd like a new trial. (laughs) On what ground? On the grounds that I'm not doing so well in this one. (laughs) We'll discuss that at the proper time. Meanwhile, you children remain here in Mr. Boynton's charge until I can arrange to have... Mr. Boynton? (laughs) What in the world are you doing here? I'm just visiting, Mr. Cogman. One of those guests you just can't get rid of. We'll see all about this. I'm going straight to Mayor Rimson's office. I'll handle this matter personally. Oh, but what'll I do in the meantime? With a little luck, 30 days. <laughs> well, you've done a lot for me, H.J., but I can't understand why we're dumping this slot machine deal. Because it's too hot, Mayor. Besides, our cut ain't big enough. Also, the people are up in arms. The people? What do they know about it? Ed, I'm surprised at you. What do my initials stand for? H.J., Honest Jim. I'm the people's friend, Ed, and we got an election coming up. We can't afford to let the people get upset, or the first thing you know, they'll start thinking for themselves. And then where are we? (laughs) Okay, Jim, okay. I'll have the jackpot company get rid of those machines right away. No, I've got a better idea. Ed, you're going to make yourself a hero with every parent in this community. You're going to let the kids do this job, the kids who were elected to public office for this one day. Wonderful, Jim, wonderful. I'll call all my department heads and I tell them the students holding office that I have complete authority. Fine, Ed. It's democracy in action. That's what it is. Yes, sir. Democracy in action. (laughs) And Mayor Rimson is solidly behind it. Until after election. Which one of you is Mayor Harriet Conklin? I am. Step out, please. Now, which one of you is Chief of Police Denton? Oh, that's me. Come on out. I've had orders to release the both of you. Oh, but what about Miss Brooks and myself? Sorry, my orders didn't say anything about you two. But I insist that you release them immediately. Quiet, Walter. Orders are orders. Once again, here is our Miss Brooks. Well, in spite of everything, Walter and Harriet got us out of jail promptly. And that wasn't the only thing Student Government Day accomplished. The racketeers left town almost immediately. In fact, the very next day, Walter took me out to the jackpot warehouse for a last look at the place. Pretty deserted now, isn't it? Yes, it is, Walter. Let's go in and see if they've cleaned out the slot machine. I'm going to look around in back, Miss Brooks. Go ahead, Walter. Hey, here's one of those nickel machines. <laughs> What a racket. Naturally, two lemons and an anchovy. (laughs) If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Crime does not pay. (laughs) 
Miss Brooks, starring Eve Arden, was produced and directed by Larry Burns, written by Arthur Alsberg and Al Lewis, with the music of Lud Bluskin. Mr. Conklin was played by Gail Gordon. This program came to you from the Frankfurt studios of the American Forces Network Europe and was prepared for rebroadcast over this network by specialist Ed Barron. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Meet me at Parkies. love that farm, but I'm sick and tired of looking at those sheep and cows. I think the most stupid animal in the world is a sheep, don't you? Yes, my lamb. Why, you... Why be irritated? Light an old gold and meet me at Parky's. Yes, everybody meets at Parky's, so come along to Parky's restaurant and say hello to David Street, Betty Rhodes, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and our genial host, the star of our show, Park Your Carcass. Oh, boy, this is some write-up about me in the papers. Lion-hearted Farkyakakis makes monkey out of Charlie the Rat by capturing him with bare hands. <laughs> Monkeys, lions, and bears. A man like me should be in a zoo. <laughs> Imagine me, Farkyakakis, the town hero. All because I captured that notorious criminal Charlie the Rat. I didn't know he was such a big gangster. But they tell me he's wanted all over the United States. All the way from Los Angeles to Glendale. <laughs> Boy, didn't I feel proud when they called me into the office of the district maternity. <laughs> Gave me a reward of $2,500. Did that come just in the right time? Not only was I able to pay off the bank the $1,000 so they wouldn't take away my restaurant, but I made a wonderful deal with an uncle of mine. I helped him out at the same time. I loaned him $750, and in 10 years, going to pay me back $1,000. Ah, that Uncle Sam is a nice fellow, and he's done plenty for me, too. <laughs> you know, even after buying the bond and paying off the bank, I still had $750 left. So I opened up a savings account with it in the bank this morning. Say, I think I'll call him up, ask him how much interest I got so far. <laughs> Oh, hello, David Street. Hiya, Parky. Say, you're a real hero capturing Charlie the Rat. Yes. The whole town's talking about you. Talking about me? Mm-hmm. Why, David, that's libel. Libel? Yeah, it's libel to get me a lot of business. <laughs> that's wonderful. Parky, my editor wants me to do a big story on you. Now, I've jotted down a few questions because I wanted to get your background. Oh, and anything you want to know, David, just ask me. Okay. Now, Parky, you were born in Greece. Yes, in a little town called Papatheria Stephanus Kolopoupoulos. <laughs> Wait a minute. How do you spell that? Oh, that's the town's name in Greek. But you can use the English name for it. What's the English name? Pomona. <laughs> now, Parky, tell me exactly when you were born. 
Well, David, is a little mix-up on that. You see, in the old country, they don't keep very good records. So my uncle says I was born in 1845, but my aunt says I was born in 1712. 1845, 1712? Why, why, that's impossible. I told you they was all mixed up. <laughs> but fortunately, only yesterday, I got a letter from my sister, and she cleared the whole thing up. She told me the right year I was born. Good. What is it? 1941. <laughs> 1941? Yeah. Parky, that would mean you're only four years old. That's right, David. I'll be five in September. <laughs> You think I'm big for my age? <laughs> Parky, you're, you're only kidding me. And I can see that I can't get very much out of you. So if you don't mind, I'll write the story in my own way. Yeah. Oh, hello, Betty Rhodes. Come in, Betty. Hello, Parky. Hello, David. Hiya, Betty. Well, Parky, how's my big, brave man today? Did you catch any more gangsters? Say, Betty, I was just thinking last night, why wouldn't that be a good business for me to go into, catching gangsters? <laughs> You look, I caught one and I got $2,500. So all I got to do is to catch 10 a year and I'll make $25,000. Oh, it takes a few minutes. Well, Parky, I can only tell you that you're the talk of the town. Really? Uh-huh. I was just over at the women's club and they want you to make a speech at next Tuesday's meeting. Me make a speech? Uh-huh. No, I'm not a good spoker. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to spook about. <laughs> Oh, you don't have to say very much, Parky. They just want to get a good look at the big hero. Oh, now, wait a minute, Mr. David Street. You're coming over to the women's club on Tuesday, too. Oh. I told him you'd be happy to sing a couple of songs. That's right, David, and I'll introduce you. Let's make believe it's next Tuesday, and I'm on the platform at the women's club, and I say, dear women and ladies, <laughs> it is practically a pleasure to present for you my good friend David Street, the romantic monitor. <laughs> Who will sing for you a beautiful song called the... What are you going to sing, David? The More I See You. Oh. I have only one request to make. Please do not throw any pennies during the song. But after it finishes, I'll be glad to pass the hat very truly yours, Park your caucus. Go ahead, I'm only kidding. <laughs>
and so it goes. Can you imagine how much I love you? The more I see you, as years go by, I know the only one for me can only be you. My arms won't free you. My heart won't try. Oh, you sang that beautifully, David. Quiet, kids, quiet. I, I think I hear somebody moving around in the kitchen. Maybe it's another gangster. Gee, I could use another $2,500. <laughs> we'll split it three ways. I'll capture him. I'll bring him back alive. I'll jump right on his back. Quiet now, quiet, quiet. Smith, I got you. Don't move that. Hey, Parky, will you please get off my back? What's the idea of jumping on me like that? Oh, it's you, Bob Williams. I, I'm sorry. I, I thought you was a gangster and I was going to capture you. A gangster? Well, of all the stupid... Ah, ah, there, there. Why be irritated? Light an old go. <laughs> Say, I just got an idea, Bob. Listen, I'm got to go to the women's club next Tuesday. They want me to make a speech. Now, you're a good speaker. Hmm. What hmm. would you suggest that I spike about? <laughs> hello, Parky. Oh, hello, Abby Gates. Congratulations, Parky. I heard about you capturing that gangster. Yeah. Sure wish I had a hand in that. And I hear the town's going to give you a big celebration. And I'd like to have a hand in that, too. And I also hear that you got a reward of $2,500. Yeah, but you ain't going to get a hand in that. Why, Parky, I'm surprised at you. Do you think for one minute that our friendship depends on your money? Well, does it? (laughs) Well, as long as you put it that way, yes. Oh, I was only kidding. Since everybody in town is showering the town hero with gifts, I brought you a little present, too. Oh. Something that's been in my family for many generations. Well, thank you, Uppy. What is it? This here antique watch. It belonged to my grandfather. It was his good luck piece. Good luck piece, huh? Yeah. My grandfather wore this watch when he fought in the Battle of Tiger Creek. Battle of Tiger Creek? Who did your grandfather fight with? My grandmother. <laughs> Then he joined his outfit at the Battle of Bull Run, and he was wearing this good luck watch right over his heart when a bullet hit him. And this good luck watch saved your grandfather's life? No, he was killed. (laughs) This is a fine good luck watch. Look, the hands don't even move. Parky, when you get as old as this watch, your hands won't be able to move either. Hoppy, since you're so nice to me, I want to be nice to you, too. Now, you owe me a bill of $108 for the food for you and your boys for the last six months. Now, I'm going to forget about half that bill. All you owe me is half. Gee, Parky, that's mighty nice of you to forget half that bill. Yes, sir. And just to show you what I think of you, I'm going to forget the other half. (laughs) Well, that's fair enough. I'll forget one half and you forget the other half. 
You know, that sounds all right now, but when I figure this thing out in the morning, I know I'm going to hate myself. <laughs> I better go and see who's coming in the front door, up here. Uh, say, uh, you Mr. Parky Carcass? Yes. <laughs> My name is Sharp. Orville Sharp. Sharp? What yeah. can I do for you, Mr. Sharp? What can you do for me? Yeah. You mean, what can I do for you, bud? Are you sure we're alone? Yes. Yeah, bend over closer. I don't want nobody else to hear this. You see, uh, my business is taking your money. Taking my money? Yeah. <laughs> and investing it for you. I'm what you call a investment counselor. Oh. Why, you can't imagine how happy I was when I read in the newspapers that we have $2,500. <laughs> we have $2,500? Yeah. Since when did you become a partner? Look, I've never seen you before in my whole life. Uh, listen, bud, you got to have confidence in a man like me. Well, maybe you're right. You do look like a confidence man. <laughs> Natch! Now, how much money did you say we had? Well, we have exactly $750 left. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, chum. Yeah. Although I just met you, I already feel very close to you. Well, you don't have to come that close. You can take your hands out of my pocket. <laughs> well, now, I just wanted to get the money so we don't lose no time in investing it, so... Oh, I don't keep no money with me. I keep the money in the bank. In the bank? Sure. Why, that's the silliest place I ever heard of keeping money. Could they sue me for that? <laughs> Natch! Now, look. <laughs> Listen to me, Mr. Park, your carcass. Yeah. I want you to go to the bank and take out that 750 bucks, see? Then you turn it over to me, see? And in one year's time, we'll make over a million berries. Gee, a million berries? Yeah. With cream? <laughs> Natch! Why, I... Want to tell you something, Mr. Parker Carcass? I'm known from coast to coast as one of the smartest operators in the country. You must have read about me. You got today's paper? No, I ain't. Is your name in it? No, I just want to stuff it in my shoes. These holes are getting pretty big. <laughs> you know something? As soon as you make your next million dollars, you ought to buy yourself a pair of shoes. <laughs> now, listen, pal. I want you to have our 750 simoleons here for me tomorrow. Because I want to make you as successful as I am. Understand? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, then. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, by the way, bud, uh, could you lend me a dime for car fare? See, I don't want to break one of my large bills. Yeah, I don't blame you. Here's a dime. Uh, better make that a quarter. I got to pay my hotel bill, too. Uh... <laughs> you see, my week is up tonight. Gee, thanks, partner. I won't forget you. You'll be seeing a lot of me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Say, Parky, what did that awful-looking man want? Awful-looking? Why, Betty, that man is a millionaire. A millionaire? Sure. He looks like a tramp. Well, maybe he's a poor millionaire. <laughs> oh, Betty, will you answer that phone, please? Okay. Hello, Parky's restaurant. Who? The mayor's office. What? The mayor wants to present the key to the city to Parky? Gee, that's wonderful. Yes, I'll tell Parky. Yes, I'll send him over to the mayor's office right away. Okay, goodbye. Oh, Parky. Yeah, what is it? 
Parky, the mayor's office just called. They want you to go over there at once. The mayor wants to give you the key to the city. The key to the city? Uh-huh. Well, what do you know, Betty? For years, I've been going in and out of the city and never knew you had to have a key. <laughs> now, Parky, you run upstairs and get dressed and get over to the mayor's office right away. And, gee, I'm proud of you. The mayor called me. What do you know? The key to the city. <laughs> Obie Cates is clarinet in this orchestra play, When You're Smiling. Pardon you, lady. Is this the mayor's office? My name is Park Yakakis. Oh, Mr. Park Yakakis. Yes. yes, His Honor, the mayor has been waiting for you. Oh. You may go right into his private office. But let me warn you, you may find the mayor is a bit absent-minded. But don't let it disturb you. Absent-minded, huh? Well, I'll take care. Thank you very much. Go right in. Well, welcome, sir, and come right into my office. Your office? Why, you're standing in a clothes closet. <laughs> I am? I thought it was a little stuffy in here. Let's go outside. Ah, uh, this is much better. Quite an office you have here, Your Honor. <laughs> Your Honor? 
I'm not the mayor. Ain't you the mayor? Why, of course I'm the mayor. Who are you to question me? I was duly elected by the people to serve as mayor for a period of six years. To the best of my ability, for the people's welfare. <laughs> as a servant of the fine people of a great city. And furthermore, if I am elected, I... Pr- Wait a minute. <laughs> Your Honor, you, you was elected. I was? Sure. Then why do you pretend that you're the mayor? <laughs> oh, I'm done pretending. Don't you remember me? You sent for me. Uh, I'm Park Your Carcass. Oh, Park Your Carcass. Sure. Of course, I sent for you. I know you did. In fact, I wanted to be sure that I saw you this afternoon before I did another single thing. Well, thank you. There are very few citizens in this great city that I would see before I saw Parker Carcass. Oh, thank you. The people of this great city (laughs) will never forget the great thing that you have done. Let's see, what did you do? (laughs) I'm I'm the fellow who captured Charlie the Rat. Oh, of course. Of course, yes, yeah. Charlie the Rat. Sure. Well, I'm very glad to know you. Sit down, Charlie. <laughs> look, look, Your Honor, I'm not Charlie. No? no. I'm Park Yakakis. I was the fellow who captured Charlie the Rat. You oh. He's uh, supposed to be one of the biggest gangsters in the whole country. A gangster, eh? Yes, sir. Well, Charlie, let me tell you one thing. <laughs> we have no room for gangsters in this city. I'm going to give you 24 hours to clear out. If I see any sign of you within the city limits by tomorrow night, you'll be a very unhappy man. Now, get out, get, out, get going, and get going yeah. fast. Wait a minute, Your Honor. I got $2,500. Oh, trying to bribe <laughs> Get out. But, Your Honor... Do you hear me? Get out. There's no room for rats like you in this town. Get out. This is the craziest guy I ever seen. <laughs> Betty Rhodes sings A Kiss Goodnight. A kiss goodnight is all right, but remember this, that a kiss goodnight leads to another kiss. A kiss goodnight with a hug real tight is nothing short of bliss. And a kiss goodnight leads to another kiss. It's an old custom for a boy and a girl to embrace in a secluded place. Little Mr. Cupid never could be quite so stupid as to do a turnabout face. So it just ain't right to kiss goodnight and stop at three or four. Cause a kiss goodnight leads to a dozen or more. Goodnight with a hug real tight is nothing short of bliss. And a kiss goodnight leads to another kiss. Just ain't right to kiss goodnight and stop at three or four. 
When it's time to part and the good night start, it just ain't right to end the night with just one kiss. I want a dozen or more. to present to you. Oh, I knew he must have made a mistake. Oh, yes. Now, you go right inside and see him. Everything will be all right, I'm sure. Well, thank you. Oh, come right in, Mr. Parky Carcass. Yes. I'm so sorry I was confused, but one does have a lot of things on one's mind when one is mayor of a great city, doesn't one? I guess... I guess one does. Yes. Sometimes one does get a little mixed up, one does. Oh, that's all right, Your Honor. One... Uh, Mr. Parker Carcass. Yes. Our citizens are proud of what you've done. And in behalf of a grateful city, it is my honor to present you with this medal. Oh, Mr. Mayor, is this for me? My, what a beautiful medal. Yes. Now, as I tie this medal around your neck with this blue ribbon, you will understand what this great city thinks of you. See, all I can say is thanks very much, Your Honor. See, I'm so proud. My, this... It's such a beautiful medal. <laughs> Let me read what it says here. Oh, Your Honor, this medal can't be for me. You must have made a mistake. Nonsense. Read aloud, my boy, the thrilling words inscribed upon that medal. Okay, but I still say there must be some mistake. It says, to the best dog in the show... <laughs> For the further adventures of Park Your Carcass, Betty Rhodes, Opie Cates and his orchestra, and David Street, tune in again next Sunday, same time, same station. Is it a date? Okay, meet me at Parky. Be sure to tune in next time, my friends, for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.